morning. I just stayed on that God of breakthrough. And I just believe the presence of God is still here. And what was crazy is that when we were praying in the back, one of the things Alan said was like, let's go like big, right? So I, I still believe that, that God of breakthrough is here and the bigness of God is here. So let's just go back into that place. Hmm. Jesus, we love your presence. Jesus, your presence is our natural habitat. This is where we were made to be. This is where we made to move. This is where we made to have our being. So right now, anybody with any kind of issue, whether it's medical, whether it's physical, whether it's financial, whether it's anything, put your hands up. Just right now. This is the direct deposit. This is that thing what God wants to do now. Come on, engage. Put, it, put your hands up, stand up, do whatever you want to do, whatever it takes for you to touch and get your miracle. So, Father, Father, we're coming to you right now in the name of Jesus, oh God. We're saying, oh God, your word is through, oh God. You said, oh God, you'd never leave us or forsake us, oh God. We would never lack, oh God. We would always be made whole, oh God. And you are our fullness and you are wholeness, oh God. So we, as a church, oh God, tap into that, oh God. We, oh God, come into that, oh God. We walk into that place, oh God. And we say, oh God, that is is ours, oh God, and we call it on earth, oh God, as it is in heaven, oh God. Right now, in Jesus' name, right now, every kind of sugar diabetes, every kind of even knee pain, everything, oh God, right now, oh God, we just break it out right now. Yeah, even that mental illness and everything with the mind, everything, oh God, every duality even in the mind, oh God, a double-mindedness, oh God, is not pleasing to God, oh God, so we break it off, oh God, even right now. Yes, right now, just right now, just receive, just receive. I feel the power of God, that the river of God is flowing. I feel that river of God flowing. I feel it. So just receive it. Just receive it. That's your direct deposit. Oneness with God. That is yours. And nobody can take it. You can always jump in. You can always let it flow. You can always be one with it. Just right now. You do not need another person. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, we love your presence. Jesus, we love you. Beautiful Jesus, we just love you. Yeah. Oh, this is where I become whole. This is where I become myself. This is where I am who I am. Who he has made me to be. Ha. Huh. The very fullness, the representation of God. Yeah, you can be that. You can be like Jesus. The perfect representation of the Father. Just you have to get into that place. Just get in. Just get in. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah, the God of breakthrough. He's always on our side. He's always on our side. Yeah. If you don't like touching your neighbor, whatever, throw something at your neighbor and tell your neighbor that. It's like God of breakthrough is always on our side. He's on my side. Yeah. I asked God, what do you want to speak to your people? And within less than five seconds, he said, Proverbs 3.26. He just said, like, this is how crazy it was. You know, you think you have to speak in tongues 10 minutes, 20 minutes, one hour, and then try to figure out how you have to do it. 
but God wants to talk to you. He has a word for you. He wants to basically speak to you. And that, he, he doesn't make it religious. He just makes it so simple and he just says, so all I have to do is just listen. And I have to basically go. Proverbs 3.26. It says, for the Lord shall be your confidence, firm and strong, and shall keep your foot from being caught in a trap or some hidden danger. That's in the Amplified. In the Passion it says, because God is your confidence in times of crisis, keeping your heart at rest in every situation. Can you imagine? Like, so to me now, I had this verse, and I was like, okay, God, now what do you want to really tell these people, right? Because I'm saying, oh, yeah, God is your confidence. I said, they're all Christians, you know, mostly over here. It's like, so what are you going to say? It's like, yeah, God is your confidence. If I told you that, you'd be like, mm-hmm, we know that, we know that. And he goes like, firm and strong, and shall keep your foot from being caught. So I went to look, what, shall, what is that? Right, you know, he shall keep. And in the Hebrew, it's called shamar. It's to keep, to watch, to preserve. And shamar basically is when the shepherds would go and keep the sheep and all together, they would put a bush of thorns around them every night as they kept them, and they watched over them. And it was like, you know, okay, God's going to protect you. So we had that, that was one word. So I was like, okay. And then, so then I went to shell from being, your foot from being caught. And the word basically over there is called lekhad, which means taking or capture. That the enemy is trying to capture you. And what is funny is that there's only, there's one occurrence of this word in the whole Bible. And so the enemy is going about trying to figure out how to capture you how to take you, how to take you away from where you have to be, where you have to walk into your divine inheritance. You see, everything about what you are doing, everything thrown at you is to knock you off so that you never get into what you're supposed to walk into. So, so what happens is this, is that we, there's the two mindsets in church, right? One is where I don't care what comes at me, I'm just following, I'm running after Jesus. You know, I could be like with one leg and I could be still loving Jesus. The other one is just watching out what's my next battle, what's my next battle, what's the next. And we go from that one mindset, it's like I have to fight something to gain something. You see, and whereas when Jesus did it on the cross, we have it. Now you just have to keep it. And the enemy is coming to take it from you and make you feel that, hey, I'm going to grab it. I'm going to take it away from you. So, so to us, it's, this is what God wants. He's saying, hey, in this season, and this season is whether I'm saying it from now to whenever, it's basically saying, I am your firm confidence. In the times of crisis, okay, I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to be like let you be, do it by yourself and let you figure this out and let you fend for yourself, and then you come crying to me and say, oh, God, now help me. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to watch over you. I'm going to keep you from the enemy. You know, this is how crazy it is. I just think somebody sent me a meme and said, Omicron, and I have no idea what Omicron was. And so apparently there's some new virus over there now called Omicron or whatever. And so now if you're worried about all these viruses, that's your first thing. You're like, oh, my God, now what do I do for this? But God basically is not worried. He's saying, hey, I will watch over you, I will keep you, I will protect you. You see, the God of Israel who does not sleep nor slumber watches over you at all times. Okay? 
So, so now to make this message, right? I have to give a message, right? So you go back to Proverbs 3, 24 and 25. And it says, when you lie down, you shall not be afraid. Yes, you shall lie down and your sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden terror or panic, nor of the stormy blast or the storm and ruin of the wicked when it comes, for you will be guiltless. So it's, what is God saying? You'd be able to sleep. How many of you cannot sleep in the nights? You're worried, worried about stuff. Yeah, so it, it's a very panic attacks. Anybody have any panic attacks? See, we, we have to be basically go for these things. We basically are allowing it to be part of our life. And we are saying, oh, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, here's medication for you for depression. Here's medication for panic attacks. Here's medication when you're not sleeping and all that. But God says that your rest shall be sweet. You shall be able to sleep. You see, and God wants us to know that our rest is very important because the rest of God is our weapon. You see, I, there's a guy I listen to. His name is Graham Cook. He's a prophet. And one of the things Graham says, rest is your weapon. What else? Peace is a weapon. You see, how can that be? Like, think of it, right? So he explains this this way. The enemy cannot penetrate your rest if you're practicing it as a lifestyle. Soldiers practice with their weapons till it's instinctive and intuitive. Practice rest until it's instinctive, intuitive, and you walk in it. You will then know how to take a step back into the presence, peace, and rest of God. Until you don't work this, the enemy can always throw you out of sync. Your job is to just make this part rest, peace, you know, Sometimes we can make drama our lifestyle. And it's, this is where the choice is. You can either make drama your lifestyle where you react to these things and you say, I have to, I have to. Oh, I have to immediately start crying. Why are you crying? I don't know. Right? Why are you basically throwing a tantrum? Why are you sulking? I don't know. But you basically want to do that. And this is what God wants you to know. It's like step back into the place of rest. When you think you do not know the way forward, it's okay to step back into his rest and then look from there. A couple of weeks ago when we were talking about mindsets and we were talking about uh, going about, like I think for medical conditions and all, there was something on during worship we were talking about mindsets. The picture, I don't know if you'll watch movies, but one of the movies I watched was The Lord of the Rings. You know when those little hobbits go round and round in the jungle? and they cannot find their way out, and they've gone by three, four times. What do they do? Do you remember? Anyone remember? Go, go watch the movie. It's a Christian guy who wrote the movie. <laughs> Just wanting you to know that's the, his book. But the hobbit climbs up onto the tree and goes out right on top where he is above the, you know, the tree cover, and he can see where they're going. And he understands that. In your mental mindset, sometimes we're just running around in that same dark place, and you come around that same corner again and again. And all that you do is you basically just say, okay, I don't know the way. I don't know the way. But you keep going. You're trying. You're trying. Now God says, come on higher. Come on higher. Just climb up. You, because you, you need a breakthrough, right? You need to understand what God is doing. You want to be able to see the rainbow that God has for you. You have to come up higher. You want to see the sunlight of God, but you're still meddling in the same stuff that you did, and you're expecting a different result. Sin is not your friend. Playing in that same mud is not going to make you a palace keeper. You have to get out of that place. 
you have to go up to where God is calling you, and God is calling us higher. So even in to break those mindsets of like, how am I going to break out of physical illnesses and all, that was the thing, I think a couple of weeks ago, I think when you preached, Pastor Lena, and that's what I felt just God saying is like, hey, come on higher, let me show you. God has every intention of his heart is for you. If there's one thing I'll communicate today to you is that God wants you to know that he is always on your side. He has all his best interests towards you. He has nothing else to gain, but he wants you to know that everything for, in his heart is for you. That's one thing you have to walk out of this place and know very well that God is on my side. It's not my message. God is on my side. It just happened during worship. But I just want you to know that, that the heart of God is towards you. It's not against you. It doesn't matter like what you did. Jesus took the, your sin on the cross and you can walk in complete freedom. Yeah. So, so when we think of sleep and rest and all these things, we think of Jesus in the boat, right? How many of you will remember the story of Jesus in the boat and he calmed the storm and all? So I went to look up the, both the instances of Jesus in the boat. Okay, so first instance of Jesus in the boat was Matthew 8, 23 to 27. And the second one was Mark 4, 34, 35 to 41. Okay, I chose Mark 4, 35 to 41. Matthew 8, y'all can do homework and y'all can go and compare it. I thought this was the more appropriate scripture passage I wanted. If y'all want to go and check what I said or I didn't say, go back and look at Matthew 8. In Mark 4, verse 35, it says, On that same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. Two things in this. On the same day. When Mark says on the same day, he's saying that means something else happened that day that you need to know about. So then you, now you go back up to the, you, the verses before that, right? This is how I study the Bible. I, if, when it says on the same day, that means something happened that I need to know what happened? He taught them about sowing the seed, the parable of the mustard seed. Okay? So when, when you think of this, Jesus is already preparing them with just that little bit of faith as a mustard seed. He's taught them about it. And then he goes and he makes them practice this in a sense. Right? Jesus never gives you something or leaves you stranded and says, Okay, go figure it out yourselves now. And when you figure, don't figure it out, then you come back to me and I'll tell you the answer. No, 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 no. He gave it to you in parables. He gave you the story. He explained it to his disciples that, hey, you need just a little faith, like a mustard seed. Okay, so this, this is what the verse says. On the same day, he taught them the parable of the mustard seed. And leaving the throng, they took with them as he was in the boat. Okay, all that is okay. And a furious storm of wind of hurricane proportions arose, and the waves kept beating into the boat so that it was already becoming filled. Now, we know hurricanes and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But he himself, this is Jesus, was in the stern of the boat, asleep on the leather cushion, and they woke him and said to him, Master, do you not care that we are perishing? Yeah. This is drama, right? This is us being us. Telling God, hey, you don't know what you're, what you're missing. You, can't you see me, lowly me, you know? It, what, what's funny in worship, I just got Psalm 38, I think. And when you read it, it's pretty sad. 
It's like, you know, David complaining, saying, God, I'm like encamped by my enemies and all this and all that. And this is sometimes what we respond to. When we asked for faith, we thought about faith, our response is, Jesus, can't you see and do something? Why did I teach you all this? Why did I teach you about the presence of God? Why did I teach you about faith? Why did I heal all these people? Because, Jesus, we are perishing. That's your response. You see, and sometimes there's a bit of manipulation in that. How many of you will understand what I'm saying? It's like it's, you're, you're trying to twist Jesus' arm, but you're trying to be religious enough and still be scriptural enough to say, Jesus, you said, when see, now we are all going to die, the boat. Literally, we are going to die. Like if I had to scream like, you know, you know like, yeah, that, that kind of thing is like, you know, that, that, that's what they're saying. Come on, these fishermen are basically, they've been in rough waters and everything, and now suddenly they want Jesus. All those years they went when they were going crazy, when you were driving crazy against traffic, I think of clay, like, you know, and, and it's like, and then suddenly now you want Jesus to save you when you didn't care, you were doing 180 or whatever. It, it doesn't make sense, right? But now we become Christian, so we have to have that little bit of refinement and manipulation, use it and then tell Jesus, okay, now this is your problem. You got to fix this. Okay? So, and Jesus was calm. Like, he didn't even like, you know, but, but, but this is what it is. So, to me, again, I come back to that same word, shamar. If you understand this one word, shamar, is basically saying that Jesus is watching over you. He will keep you and he will preserve you. Whatever may come your way, Put this in your heart, put this in your mind, write it down, do whatever it takes. Whatever may come your way in the days to come. I feel a very prophetic thing on this. In the days to come, whatever may come, God's saying that he will keep you. This is his promise. If you don't have a prophetic promise, this is your prophetic promise. Shamar, the God of Israel will watch over you, he will keep you, he will preserve you, and he will be on your side. This is his promise to you. And then Jesus arose, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Hush now, be still, muzzled. Can you imagine? Jesus goes, Hush now. Really? That's all it took? And people told me to zip it. Like, you know, it's in the same way it'd be like, Hey, hush now, be still. So I went to look up what that word basically, hush now, or be still, muzzled is. It literally means, Fimu, and this is in Greek, it says to muzzle, to put to silence. You have the authority to put to silence, whatever. For, for the longest time, we have allowed the church to be silent. I feel, okay, I'll give you an example. And you can delete it or whatever if you want. Okay, I'm going to keep it real. During elections of, whenever that election was, 2020 and all, for me the biggest criteria was abortion. Right, the killing of children, unborn children who had no voice, and they were killed. Okay, everything was done to muzzle my voice that I wouldn't speak on their behalf. Everything as a church, what you stood for, your voice was basically said, "Hey, that's not important." No, 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 no. The voices of those innocent children is important. You have to stand for those who are unable to speak. That was my only criteria. I don't care about anything else. That became this thing. And people tried to muzzle me, muzzle me, and I hated it. 
I hated it so much that I literally was either going to shut down every social media, I was going to lash out at everybody, and, and that's me, right? And I had to figure out, okay, God, I said, I can't do this. This one time I'm going to shut up and I'm just not going to say anything because everything became a battle, everything. But the, nobody thought of those, those innocent children who were being killed. Nobody wanted to be their voice. Nobody wanted to say that. And that's how the enemy wants to muzzle you. But the church, this I feel is the prophetic side to it. This is the time to basically, we have to muzzle the enemy. Even if it means, hush, be still. You have the authority from heaven which says, hush, be still, zip it up. We, we have to start walking in this. How are we going to do this? Little at a time. We're going to say, oh, you have fever? Hush, be still, fever be gone. You have pneumonia? Hush, be still, pneumonia be gone. You have joint ache? Hush, be still, be gone. You have mental illness, your children have autism? Hush, be still, autism be broken. We, we're going after like that. You suddenly don't just jump up and say, okay, today all the crazy people, bring them in and we're going to save, save them and they're going to get healed and they're going to be of the right mind. Yes, God willing, there will be a day where suddenly somebody just does that. But you will basically start your faith by little, by little, by little mustard seed faith. Okay? The result of Jesus doing that, the wind sank, the wind sea sank to rest as if exhausted by its beating. I like this. Sometimes I read Amplified, I guess, for this extra words. <laughs> sank to rest as if exhaust, exhausted by its beating. Hey, sometimes it's good to beat the enemy. You know, for long we have said, oh, this is what is our cup and we have to follow it and this is the thorn on my side. But sometimes we have to just give it back and just say, uh-uh. We're not taking this, we're sitting down. We're just going after you. Yeah. yeah. How many of you really have gone for, have some kind of issue you've endured for more than five years? I just feel this, five years. Can you share, just very quick, just what, just give one word. COVID, okay. So Father, we just come against it right now in the name of Jesus again. Everything, oh God, even related to killer bees, I do not even know where the physi physiology in your body, what has to change. We just call it to be done right now in the name of Jesus. Every effect of COVID, oh God, we just break it off right now in the name of Jesus, oh God. In the authority of the name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name, we call you to be made whole in Jesus' name. Just right now, just breathe in. Just breathe in. Ha! All the days of you having to be exhausted, all the days of you having to be tired, we just call it to be done right now. We draw that line in the sand and we just say, oh God, from these days on you're going to move on and your lungs are going to be filled. You're going to be able to breathe freely. You're going to be able to walk into the wholeness of God. So we release that breath of God. Release that pneuma breath of God. Release that breath of God into you even right now in Jesus' name. Anyone else wants it, receive it. Just receive it. Just breathe in. <sighs> breathe in. 
You no longer can be beaten. You no longer can be struck down. You no longer can be just pushed down and rubbed in the dirt again and again. You are a church called to rise and reflect the glory of the Lord. Reflect the glory of the risen Lord. That is who you are. Huh. And he said to them, why are you so timid and fearful? Do you want to know what the meaning of timid and fearful is? It's called delos which basically means cowardly, fearful. The meaning, it's an adjective describing a person who loses his moral gumption, fortitude that is needed to follow the Lord. It also refers to an excessive fear of losing, causing someone to be faint-hearted, hence to fall short in following the Lord Christ as Lord. Can you imagine? That reflects that basically they didn't have the faith to finish the race. Everyone in this place, you are called to finish the race. God, who said that he is the shamar over you, is able to watch and keep over you to, for you to finish the race. It's not about just today that you walk out of this place and you say, oh, we're done. We, we did well today. Let's go for it now. Next Sunday, we'll see next Sunday. No, no, no. This is about the finish line. This whole message about Jesus and what we preach, what we worship and all, is not just a one-day phenomena, not a one-hour phenomena. It is for your lifetime. Till you finish your race. You are called to finish your race. Finish strong. Not just say, oh, I just scraped by and this thing. No. There are people who are watching you who have to finish their race. And if you don't finish their race, there will be no example for them to run their race and run it. Say, my grandmom did it. My mother did it. My father did it. My brother did it. They did that what was impossible. You have to finish your race. Do not give me excuses that, oh, tomorrow I'll get up. It's like me studying, right? Oh, tomorrow I'll get up and I'll open my books to study. No, 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 no. Finish the race. Run every day as you're running your race and finish strong. You know, you know what's the beauty of worship? I, like, for some reason, Reinhard Bonke's words just echo in me. He says, hey, I worship God because that was the last time I could ever worship God. And I gave it my all. I gave it my all. It's not like I saved my voice. While I was worshiping, I just said, oh, I even have to speak. The thought came in, I have to speak. Why, why, why should I just sing so loud? What am I saving it for, to preach a message? No, God doesn't need me to preach a message. His presence is enough. And that minute I just changed. God basically wants you to just give it all. Run your race daily. Pick up your, whatever, your baton and basically run that race. The joy of running your race is when you reach the finish line and when we go to heaven and he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. I do not know what it will cause in me. The words seem so simple. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Come on, Jesus, you could have better adjectives. You could have this thing, but just well done. No, I believe there will be just loud shouts. There will be singing. There will be rejoicing. There will be such great sound. And you'll be like, whoa, it would be like a little kid walking in when they say, happy birthday, surprise. You'll basically be surprised with a greater glory. And you'll just not understand that, oh, my God, everything in me is just bursting. It's just bursting like a thousand firecrackers just going off at one time. You say, well done, good and faithful servant. But run your race daily. You know what's funny? 
Delios is always used negatively in the New Testament and stands to contrast to the positive fears, which is expressed as phobos, which we, we call phobia. I have a phobia for this, I have a phobia for that. That is considered positive, whereas Delios is even negative. So think of it. Every time you don't have faith, or you're fearful, or you're timid to be and follow what God has called you to, it's negative. You see why thankfulness is so good for us? Because when you just do it naturally, it doesn't feel wrong. We have to get this in our system, that fear, and this fearful-mindedness of we not finishing this race and not doing what God called us to do, that it should feel negative. It should make me cringe, not knowing that, hey, I'm not doing what God has called me to do. If God called me to worship, every time I don't worship, I should cringe inside. It, it should basically cause you to just feel that, hey, I'm not doing what is my natural habitat, worship, what I'm called to do. Yeah. The next thing he tells them in the same verse 40, how is that that you have no faith, no firmly relying trust? So now, knowing me, since I gave you now four words, I had to come up with the fifth word. Since, you know, you had to have five stones to throw. So now you have two Greek, uh, no, two Hebrew and three Greek stones that you can throw. So whichever is like, I was like, hmm. And the word basically says, peste, or it's spelled P-I-S-T-I-S which means faith or faithfulness. Faith is always a gift from God, always received from God, and never can be produced by people. A seed that is sown in you is from God. What, how you cover it with the confidence and your strength and your ability and everything is your demonstration of that. But the incorruptible seed which is in you is from God. Every one of us has that incorruptible seed in us. It's now, how do you exercise that seed? How do you water it? How do you cause it to grow? You see, we have to walk into that place of knowing, hey, it's in me. It's not how I look. It's not how I do things. It's not what color pants I wear. It's basically whatever God has put in you is yours. You see, because now this fear has to have a counter. The enemy is coming at you with fear, making you feel weak, making you feel useless, making you feel that, hey, I can't do this. I, 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 there is nothing I can do. God, I need you. God, why, are you, why am I per perishing? Oh God, where are you, God, when I need you? And at that point, <laughs> I, I say this like this, if you think that was your lowest point, there is still a lower place God can take you. I've, I've been there. I've been, when I thought it was done, I was like spent like water. And I complained to God and I was like, oh God, my life is like water, there's nothing more left. And I went low. <laughs> I, and that, this is just my life experience. You'll have different things you can say. But I, and I thought like physically, there was nothing more I could have done. And then it just went lower. But in that, the faithfulness of God still was in me. The fight of God was still in me. And every time he just said, just get up. Stand up. Stand up. You see, and that's what the Bible says, is that though a good man falls seven times, 
doesn't matter how many times you fall, but that fight, the tenacity. If there's one thing I learned from Bishop T.D. Jakes is tenacity. One word. That's all. Tenacity. If there's anything that you go through, anything, what Christians need is tenacity. You cannot be just people who just say, okay, no, now you pick me up and you drive me. No, 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 no. We need the tenacity of God. If your children basically say, oh, I'm just going to roll over and become a little ball, you're like, whack, get up. You're supposed to be the warrior of God. That's how you have to basically raise your kids and say, hey, you're called to be warriors. Warriors, yeah, you may be hurt, you may be whatever, but now you need the tenacity. Get up. You can do this. You can do this. I literally, I had to choose this morning is like, what am I going to be, whether I'm going to be a coach or whether I'm going to be a preacher. Everything in this, I could coach you very sweetly and say, you can do this. You can do this. But I had to put the gospel in. I had to say, hey, this is where sometimes we are fearful. This is where sometimes we are challenged. But the incorruptible seed of God is in us. So now get up and stand. Rise up. Let everything that is within you rise up. And what is crazy is, okay, we, we read this word and it says, the Lord continuously births faith in the yielded believers so that they can know what he prefers. We are waiting for others to tell us. If you are yielded to God, if you are yielded to the Spirit of God, God will tell you what you have to know. You know, two weeks ago when Pastor Lena preached that message, strongly persuaded, this is that word. The word of God, the pistes, the faith of God, which is in you, strongly persuades you that follow this Jesus. Follow this Jesus. Follow this Jesus. Jesus, the hope of glory. It is that what is in you that is persuading you, the incorruptible seed. It's not what my neighbor said. It's not what my friend said. It's not what my co-worker said. Oh, you're going to church. Oh, they're going to spit on you and they're, when they're singing and you're going to get COVID. No, 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 no. I walk in that very presence of God. I walk in that bubble of the power of God. I'm walking in the fullness of God. You see, what we carry on the inside is what is the glory of God. You see, we, 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 we're talking about pockets of glory, right? And I did see the pocket. That it, it, okay. God opened my eyes during worship today, okay? And he just showed me the cosmos literally as that bubble. That's why I said I like that other background. He just spanned it really showing Milky Way galaxies and all this in that saying, hey, all this is yours. The God of all that came in this room to visit us. Okay? This is not just because my eyes seen it, it's even available for you. God wanted you to have that, whether you felt it, whether you engaged in it, what you did was what God called you to do. But not denying him and saying that, hey, God never showed up, I'll be the same and I'll walk the same, is basically saying, God, nah, I got this in my confidence, in my strength. Okay? The last verse, verse 41. And this is for the apostles. And they were filled with great awe and feared exceedingly and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and sea obey him? Okay? That, think about it, is you. In you, you have that authority that even the wind and the sea obey you. It's not just talking about Jesus. Jesus did it saying that, hey, you can do this too. 
He wants you to know. You, this, you know why it felt like awe and fear? Because we just got presented the reality of who Jesus is. When you see the reality of Jesus, like when you see a healing, an arm grow out, you're going to scream or you're just going to go crazy, okay? I've seen a guy who basically, when he talks about it, he talks about that literally the stitching was happening as the arm was growing out, okay? Physically, if you're watching something like that, think of an embroidery thing that you're trying to do, but that is even on cloth. And I just imagine that this start, started just building, and the thumb came out. And you're like, whoa, that would cause fear and awe in you. You know what's the beauty? Every time when you talk nowadays about healing and all, I believe that we need to even celebrate it. What we are doing is we are taking away from the power of God that he wants to come into this place. And when we do not celebrate what God does, we basically retract. We retract and we say, okay, God, yeah, you're good. Let me give you a golf clap. That's what we do. We have to celebrate a little thing, saying, God, you did this. You see, but now I have news for you. The same power of God, the same faith of God is in you that is able to cause the world out there to be in awe and walk and just say, whoa, who are these people that they walk in that authority? And that's where your commission begins. That's where you say, this is who Jesus is in us the hope of glory. Stand to your feet. Let's go for this. Let's just go for this. We're going to activate this. Where, where's that activate? Where, what, what are we singing, Ariana? Activate. Holy Spirit, activate, right? Okay. Activate. So this is what we're going to do. Activate. We're just going to activate and we just... The seed is living. The seed is incorruptible. The seed is in you. Now we're just causing everything that is around you, everything in your mindset, everything in your heart, every fear, every kind of even fear and phobia, both of that. We're just going to break it. So, Father, we just come to you, God, as sons and daughters. Just say it. We come to you as sons and daughters. Sons and daughters, knowing the glory of God abides in us. Lord, we just walk in this. We just want you to come and, Lord, expand it. Expand it. Lord, even as that little hurricane, oh God, can be wherever, oh God, and by the time it comes on show, oh God, it becomes this big thing, oh God. We want this faith, oh God, in us to arise, oh God, to quell thousands of hurricanes, oh God, to quell, oh God, category fives, oh God, to quell, oh God, every form of cancer, every form of brain cancer, every form of even disease that is not known to man even today. We come against it even right now. Out of our mouths, oh God, we cause it to die. We cause it to die. Who are you? Who are you that you can arise against the church of God? Who are you that you can arise against the people who God has created? Who are you? And so, Father, we just come with that, oh God, in direct confrontation with the power and authority of God in our lives. The very seed of God, oh God. This faith, oh God, of God, oh God. So we pray for faith to increase, oh God. Faith, oh God. Faith as a mountain, oh God. So every mountain, oh God, that stands before us, oh God, who are you, a mountain? In the name of Jesus, we cause you to come down to nothing. Every mountain right now, speak to your mountain. Speak to your mountain. Speak to your mountain. Right now, in the name of Jesus, oh God, everything, oh God, that seems, oh God, that, oh, you are not able to do this. You cannot do that. You have no ability. You have no authority. No, all authority have I given unto you. Everything in the name of Jesus, oh God. So right now, 
Right now in the name of Jesus, be healed. Be healed. You are walking, living testimonies of the healing power of God. Our shadows are going to heal the sick, raise the dead, cause the God, the demon possessed of God, to even be healed of God. In that boat ride, you were going across for one demon possessed. In that boat ride where you displayed and you said, oh God, hush, be still. You were going across for one person, oh God. So Father, put those one people, oh God, in our path, oh God. Put those people, oh God, who you have for us, oh God, to heal, to set free, oh God, to bring into the kingdom, oh God. Today, oh God, just put them in our hearts, oh God. This message is not for us to walk out of this place, oh God. But this message, oh God, is to activate us into a daily lifestyle of walking in the presence and the rest of God, oh God. To walk into the wholeness and power and authority of God, oh God. Constantly being, oh God, the very image of the Father. We are who you called us to be. I am who I am. And this is who I say even unto you. You walk with that authority. You talk with that authority. It is given unto you. So right now, just stir it up. Just stir it up, oh God, right now. Yeah. Eyes to see. If you have never seen dreams, if you have never seen, oh God, we release, oh God. Freely release, oh God. Lord, the servant's eyes, oh God, be opened, oh God. We ask, oh God, for people's eyes, oh God, in this place to be opened, oh God. To have angelic encounters, oh God. To see oh, the very presence of God, oh God, even into this place, oh God. So even right now, just release it, oh God. Yeah. Yeah, every kind of even like if you feel like a twitching or you feel some kind of pain in your hand and to know even the words of knowledge of God for healing, release that to God. Release. Release to God. Ha. Everything that you have been dumbed down, you have been muzzled and you have been pressed down and you have been pushed in the dirt and you have been stepped on. We just break it off of God right now. Whether your family did it, whether people over you in authority did it, we break it off of God right now in the name of Jesus God and we release you. We say, oh God, even as the shackles that bound you over that demon possessed, oh God, we break it, oh God, because Jesus told that demon possessed, oh God, go and tell your brothers and sisters the good news. So we release you into that. We release you, oh God, that out of every shackle that you are in, oh God, out of every bondage, oh God, even mentally, yeah, right now, anything, go, go with me on this mental part of it. Yeah, every kind of mental sickness, every kind of mental thing, oh God, every kind of things, oh God, an illusion, oh God, that comes, oh God, to drive people crazy, oh God, an illusion, oh God, that comes, oh God, to even set people, oh God, in fear, oh God. We come against it right now, oh God, by the power and authority of the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we bind all that. We bind all that. Even on the video, we release that authority. We release that authority right now. We release that authority, oh God. We say, oh God, that the name of Jesus is able. The name of Jesus. So, Father, right now, we release. Yeah. Just right now. And yet, we will walk in perfect peace. Whose heart and mind is stayed upon the Lord. We will walk in that perfect peace. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> we will walk in perfect peace. Yeah, where the world will say that, oh, you shouldn't have peace. I don't know how you can do this, how you can smile. We're just going to walk in it because that is your authority. That is yours. Oh, we just love your presence, Jesus. Mm -hmm.
Yeah, I just feel God just filling people up right now. Just raise your hands. Just lift your hands that you want to be filled. We want to be filled, God. We want to be filled, God, because without your presence, oh God, we cannot reach the harvest. Lord, fill us. Fill us, oh God. So we just bless you. We bless your presence. In Jesus' name we pray.